Hello again, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, moms and dads, welcome to the chatter here. This is episode 40, 46, Colleen. Did yep. I blow your ears well, out you there? You did. Here? Boy, that was loud. Okay. I'm turning myself down. <laughs> episode 46 on uh, Monday, the 6th of June. This is a uh, new feast day here. It is. In 2018, Pope Francis declared June 6th. Actually, it's the first Monday after Pentecost, so it floats, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of our Church. What a beautiful feast. I love our mother. And we've got Brad and Brad, the lesser and the greater, with us here today. <laughs> Hello. You can, don't Hello. Come, 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 on, come on, this is radio, guys. <laughs> Hello to In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O oh, most gracious Virgin, Virgin Mary, Mary that, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I think it's the 40 days of rain that's happened here. My goodness, isn't that something? Put them to sleep. Yeah. It's always the weekends, too. They're sunny all week, and then the rain comes. No, why is that? Sounds like the eternal dad, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Why not rain when I'm working? (laughs) Well, he is a dad, so. What's going on on Cascade? I was just a little distracted by your introduction there. Oh. Um, I don't know what's going on in Cascade. Did I mesmerize you? The reason why Monday happened to be kind of open, you could put a new feast day in, is because um, it was probably left open somewhat from when it used to be the octave of Pentecost. Yeah. So for those following the traditional calendar, this is the Monday in the octave of Pentecost. Well, don't be so rigid and hang on to tradition that way. <laughs> you know, you make a good point because I think we think octaves, we think Christmas, Easter. Pentecost used to have an octave. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty big. A lot of them used to have octaves, yeah. Used to be a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal here, and it's to the demise of the Catholic culture here, and we're going to work to bring it back here. So octave means Latin for party for eight days? Is that what octave means? <laughs> Latin? Or is that Greek? <laughs> It is Latin. There you go. You're living too close to that college. I'll tell you what. There's nothing about party in there, though, unfortunately. Maybe it means ice cream for eight days. Boy, I haven't had some good ice cream in a while here. (laughs) Anyway, we've got all kinds of news going on. If you thought we were a a dearth of news, let's let's start with the month of uh, June, which is the feast of... The Sacred Heart. Right. The month of June, we all know as Catholics, is the month devoted to the Sacred Heart. Regardless of what you might be told on the news, June is the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart. Uh-huh. Right? Remember that? It is. Remember that thing, the Sacred Heart? Wrong rosary breath. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a... Who was it that... Johnny Carson. Yeah. There you go, Brad. You got it. So why don't you tell us? I can't find my copy. Why don't you list the promises? There were several promises given to St. Margaret Mary in the favor of the souls or devoted to the Sacred Heart. And the principal ones are, number one, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state of life. Number two, I will give peace in their families. Number three, I will console them in all their troubles. I will be their refuge in life and especially in death. I will abundantly bless all their undertakings. Sinners shall find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. 
Tepid souls shall become fervent. Fervent souls shall rise speedily to great perfection. I will bless those places wherein the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and venerated. I will give to priests the power to touch the most hardened hearts. Persons who propagate this devotion shall have their names eternally written in my heart. In the excess of mercy of my heart, I promise you that my all-powerful love will grant to all those who will receive communion on the first Fridays for nine consecutive months the grace of final repentance. They will not die in my displeasure, nor without receiving the sacraments, and my heart will be their secure refuge in that last hour. So now you know why KCRD has been pushing First Friday events forever. Isn't this wonderful? You know, some of these promises are really almost over the top. Yeah. Right? Mm. So what does he say? The very last one. All who receive communion on the first Fridays for nine consecutive months. That's not a big ask. No. Right? That's like a half hour for math. Okay. It's it really the, sim- the simplicity of it, too, is you, you have to make reparation to the sacred heart. But that's yes. all you have to do. You have to say the prayer, Lord, this communion is for reparation to your sacred heart for nine consecutive for nine- But the promise, look at this here, Lesser, the grace of final repentance... They will not die in my displeasure. That's one guy you don't want to have displeasure with. Right. Uh, nor without see- receiving the sacraments. I mean, for a small investment, this is a huge payoff. Um, so I don't know why we wouldn't do the first Fridays. And nine consecutive months, I mean, oh, just do it every first Friday for crying out loud. Yeah. Right? Let's be generous so with So it's the, the entire month of June, which is, you know, and, and I grew up with this because uh, Mother Ruth Ann, had i don't know where she gets it she still has it she's 85 she just had a birthday last friday happy birthday a picture of the sacred heart because it says here doesn't it uh, we'll bless every place that has a picture of my sacred heart so i grew up with that she's always been a sacred heart fan but not everybody is here guys not everybody is but everybody who is listening to this podcast if you do not have a picture of the sacred heart of jesus in your home get one yeah. Get one and you, put it in the foyer. Put it in the first floor. Put it where people will see it. If you need one, call us. We'll get you. 563-231-3545. Did I say that right? I don't even Sounds know. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but serious, how, really, if someone walked into your home, here's a good question. Everybody listening, think of this. If someone walked in there into your home, would they know that you're a Catholic? Mm-hmm. Got to get it. Got to get it. But uh, so what I'm driving at here is is that the uh, month of June is is really subject to blasphemy. In, it has become blasphemous. I mean, yes. Are you going to break the ice, or do you want me? To? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they're they're making you know the month of June a month of pride, and and I thought pride was one of the seven deadly sins. Yeah, it is. And one of the the pride that they're pushing is one of the four that cries to heaven for. Justice. Justice. Yeah. That that ties in what just talking about First Fridays. So we've been Aquinas Communications along with the TLM Society has been sponsoring the First Friday events out in Platteville. And we had a great, great speaker Friday. Um, one of the things he highlighted to me was how this You're talking Christopher, Christopher Went. Christopher Went of the Confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, which has a, a big tie. Their spiritual director is basically Bishop Schneider. Um, but he was saying how all of this pride stuff is just he, he is just adding to the coming chastisement mm. that he he highlighted in his talk that Saint Augustine said there were um, 
nations don't have souls. So God has to meet out. So if you have an eternal soul, God can meet out his justice in eternity. So you go to hell. Nations don't have that. So in order for that, a temporal punishment is required. And therefore, the more we pour onto this, he highlighted abortion as well, where he said, we've got 65 million souls in this country to make up for. Mm-hmm. That was my question to Art Galoon a couple of weeks ago. Is, is what, what is the price the nation must, the sin of a nation? Mm. And, and, and Wendt spoke to that Friday night in Plantville on the first Friday event. Yeah, but the good news is our Lord is a merciful Lord. We just got to go seek it. He he and Christopher Wendt highlighted the uh, De Montfort consecration as the way to mitigate that punishment. All right, go deeper on that because not everybody understands what a De Montfort consecration is. So he has a 33-day cycle. That, Who is? Uh, De Montfort. St. <laughs> Louis De Montfort. I think he was a... 16th century. They don't know the uh, governor Saint, of Illinois. Yeah, you better yeah, tell them who St. Yeah. Louis is. <laughs> so St. Louis de Montfort, um, and he had, I believe he had apparitions. I'm, I'm not really well versed on his life, but he he um, he did a 33-day consecration. So you do 33 days prior to a Marian feast day. And it's, it's pretty hardcore if you, you get into it and you get all kinds of graces from Mother Mary at the end of it with... Uh, consecration so so uh set this up for us how, how does this work it's 33 days it cul- culminates on marion feast day is that the idea walk walk people through this because we're gonna we're gonna broadcast these so typically you pick a marion feast day so Such you as, might yeah. pick yeah. the feast of the assumption in august you might pick the feast of the immaculate heart um which floats around you might pick the immaculate conception in december mm-hmm. and then that is the feast day so you don't you finished the day before. So then you come back 33 days, and then that's when you start your consecration. And there's a same prayer or a slightly different prayer? It depends on the time in that consecration. The first 10 days okay. are certain prayers, and then the next week and the next week and the next week is how it's divided up. And, and so there's, there's like a different focus each week, um, but it's the same prayers uh, for for that. So are we ready to announce we're going to do this, right? We're, yeah, we're going to do it with KCRD here. Which which um, date is the next Marian Feast Day, Colleen? You're the... Well, the next one coming up is um, the Feast of the Immaculate Heart, but that's too soon. Too soon. But well, I think we're going to try for the Assumption, what which should be August. August 15th. So we have to start counting August 14th and go back 33 days. Um, and do we any, have enough time, Lesser, to do this here? I think we do. It's just a month before. So yeah. you start in yeah. second week of July, maybe. Okay. You remember that book um, um, that um, Father, who's the, uh, um, 33 Days to Morning Glory? Who's Father the, Michael Gately. Thank you. Yeah. Father Michael Gately, he has a whole schedule in his book that you pick the feast day and then he tells you what day it starts. So yep. You don't even have to count. And he's got good prayers. He's got that. But, you know, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. And then they want you to read certain scriptures or certain um, sections of the St. Louis de Montfort book. But we can get these St. Louis de Montfort books for, for on the cheap, right, Tom? So we're going to we order can. some. Are we getting a box or two? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think anybody that wants to do the consecration with us, have them call you. And Keep listening or uh, hit info at kcrd-fm.org. And one of the things Christopher highlighted was he said, you have more power doing that than Bill Gates or George Soros has in the political sphere. Hmm. He said, because mm-hmm. you have the mother of God working for I mean, who Think can stop her? Mm-hmm. You know, so everyone get on board with this because let's, oh, yeah. let's make this the, the, the home of the age of, 
the peace of Mary right? in Dubuque right here. Especially if you've never made this consecration, for sure make it. And and also think about what gift you can give to Mary at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So it might be you might put a flower on her altar at your church. It might be you plant a rose garden. You might be you get the statue from the Power of Prayer folks and put her statue Uh-oh. in your yard. Now you've committed. You got to make a, a lot of statues. I know. You got to <laughs> think of a little gift to give Our Lady when you finish. I got three guys waiting for statues right now. Yeah. I was just saying, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. But when I talk about uh, the blasphemy and the profanation of the month here, um, I see uh, TFP is out here letting us know that Mattel has now made their first in honor of, of gay pride, their first transgender Barbie. Come on. You believe that? On a, on a good note here, five Tampa Bay Rays. This is the uh, Major League Baseball team. The Tampa Bay Rays, five players declined to wear the LGBT LMNOP logo on their uniform during Pride Night celebration. Uh, gotta believe it. Hats off, literally hats off. Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Brooks Rayleigh, Jeffrey Springs, and Ryan Thompson, among among the players, sounds like there could have been more, who did not wear the patch on their uniforms and chose to wear the team's standard caps for the June 4th game. Wow. Go Rays. Citing their Christian faith. Yeah, ex- yep. exactly. And, the, exactly. and that was the reason they gave? Yep. I didn't see the story. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. That's a real it's man. More, it's really sad that they've brought all this anti-God politicized stuff into sports because I was a sports fan and I've had to give it all up because of this. So let's 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 replay the trajectory because some people want to say that there's uh, overreaction but do you remember back in in your lives when it was we just want to be treated like human beings we want to be treated as as equals Hmm. and then and then it was well we'd like to have a license we'd like to have a marriage license you know and then it was we need to be equal with marriage we need to have the same status of marriage now it's gone so far we have to have a month where where is the heterosexual month where is the month of marriage for regular guys and regular girls for moms and dads where's the break no We've now, we've now blasphemed the month of June, devoted to the sacred heart of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and we've poked him in the eye and said, this is Pride Month, and we're going to get out here with all kinds of parades and whatever, and we're going to have our Major League Baseball teams put logos on it. We're going to make you at the, your... The Brewers are having a drag show before one of their games coming up. And, and it used to be baseball, apple pie, and what? NFL announced their first uh, transgender cheerleader. Right. Oh, just go back in the closet. I can't stand the <laughs> the uh, vomit. It's like being thrown up on everywhere I look in the month of June. As a Christian, you're offending my God, and it's. And you guys still have children at home. What I mean, what's the defense here? I mean, is there enough lo- aluminum foil to wrap the everybody around? I mean, you're right, Tom. It went from tolerance to you must accept it, and now you must approve, and now you must participate. And if you don't, you're going to get canceled. You may lose your job. Mm 
Yep. You may lose your job. Right. And if and if you don't put it, I hear there's some companies, even companies here in Dubuque, that make you put change your email signatures. Oh yeah. Those are your pronouns. Pro- is that what yes, it is? You must announce your personal pronouns. Really? So you might sign your email right now just Tom Oglesby. That is not sufficient. Really? The next line needs to say my pronouns, he, him, his. I'm my, assuming those are your pronouns. I like the whole my pronouns are Jesus saves. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Christ is king. <laughs> yep, yeah, Christ. So there's king. the there's the trajectory if you if you think that uh, as Shakespeare said, methinks thou does protest too much. You, you cannot protest this much because the trajectory is right here. And we've been talking about Disney mm-hmm. and the rest of the... Yeah. Uh, well, and sexualizing children, that's the other thing. They're, what's the picture that's gone viral that all over the... Which is disgusting. I don't want to... But it's a drag drag with a thong on and a, you know, a child putting a dollar in between the thong oh and the parents goodness. in the background cheering it on. And oh, my goodness. Uh, wow. So there it is. They're just... Wow. But I think people, I think Christians, Catholics, need to say, that's enough. You know what? I'm just not participating. I'm not maybe going to slam you on radio, but I'm just not participating. Well, we got to take back the month of June for the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And we've got to take back the rainbow, which belongs to Noah on the ark, which is the sign of the covenant between God the Father and Noah after he destroyed the world because they were doing the same thing that they're doing right now. Well, that's interesting because that kind of is what the um, tradition is. Um, It says in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking marrying and being, being given, given in, in marriage. marriage. Yeah. I always thought that was a little weird. Wasn't I always thought, wouldn't you be eating and drinking and working? Wasn't the Didache commentary on that? that wasn't it was, the Didache. It was... was uh, the Midrash, uh, I thought. Midrash. Yeah. Midrash. Midrash. Yeah, that was what it yeah. was. Hmm. All right. Take back the uh, rainbow flag. It belongs to God. It was his gift to Noah. And give back June to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You're listening to The Chatter on FM... 98.3 KCRD. We'll be back after this. Hi again, everybody. We're back in the studios. This is FM 98.3 KCRD with the chatter. Colleen, we've got Brad Miller. Hello. We've got Brad Markham. Hello. And, uh, Boy, have we got a, a lot of stuff. Don't forget, this is the chatter is uh, lives forever on the podcast. For good well, or bad. For good or bad, kcrd-fm.org under podcasts. And we've added a uh, third segment. So the uh, And the rotation goes like this, if I understand it right. We uh, go on Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then that, that episode plays the following Friday mm-hmm. the uh, at 1 o'clock. We're doing that. And this is episode 46, recording on this beautiful feast day, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, Monday, June 6th here. So anyway, uh, rumors are flying in Rome about Pope Francis's resignation. And uh, that was on a... Uh, uh, the the hit of what we talked about last week, Colleen, he named, was it 21 new cardinals? Mm-hmm. Yep, he did. Well, I think the other thing, too, about the story, before we, I know we want to get into the cardinal thing, but 
I was reading the story about rumors of his resignation. Yeah. Well, the reason that there's rumors of his resignation is he also visited the Pope, uh, the burial of Pope Celestine V, He's who resigned. On it. He's planning on it. Um, let's see. His intention in, to visit in, yes, August, in August. When that consistory is going on with the new cardinals. On the 21st the of August, he's going to St. 27th. 27th. Yeah. St. Celestine. So when the cardinals come in to be made cardinals, he's leaving. So no wonder they're talking about his resignation, right? No. That's where Benedict went. And that's the only other pope that's resigned. So no wonder they're talking about it. Wow. So I'm going to resign. I'm going to name 21 new guys that can vote. And adios, amigos. Mm-hmm. Is that how you're reading it? Kind of. If he's heading out of town, same yeah. day. All right. Well, today is the uh, 6th of June, and that's the 27th, 28th of August, did you say? Yeah. Yep. All right. Who's going to lay odds down here? Is that... What's the line in Vegas on this here? That he will resign, or yeah, evidently that's what yeah, I don't think so. Where... Yeah, is this the Vatican smokescreen? There's been rumors that he's been ill. And... Right, but you do have to know it was four years later after Benedict visited the tomb of Saint Celestine V. It was four years before he resigned. Not same week or anything, so could be a little time lapsing there. I think it's a power play. Political power play. How so? Well, you're all being made cardinals, but everybody's going to watch me because I'm going over here. It's just mm. a, I can control the... Why would you, of all of the popes, many of whom are buried in Rome, mm-hmm. why go to this guy's tomb? Well, that's a good question. Well, I mean, uh, you could call it a power play, but you could go you could, you could go see Peter. Yeah. He could go next week. You can go see he doesn't Paul. Have, he doesn't have to wait yeah. until... Yeah, but you're right. This story says that the they'll be named cardinals on August 27th, and then the next day he's going to the tomb of Celestine V. You know, sometimes it's like listening to a Bob Dylan album for hidden messages, isn't it? <laughs> you have to listen backwards. Yeah, I was going to say, play, can you read We're it backwards? Play it backwards. Right <laughs> play it backwards. Okay. So you got to look at the list of cardinals and read those backwards. Yeah, right. Don't, so we have don't that look list. at that list. You'll cry. We have that list of who, didn't I give you, it's right here. This is well, this is, right this is the Cardinals of all time in the United States of America. These are the Cardinals of the U.S. Yeah, I did not print out the ones that the, he made. Uh, um, I do have that. Because I didn't know a lot of them, but I printed out. We were wondering, uh, who are the Cardinals in the United States? Because there's been some confusion of, of who is um, Cardinal. This is interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, so the only only American who has been named to be a Cardinal in August is Bishop McElroy of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Only one. Very, very curious um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, San Diego has never been a location of a cardinal, ever. Usually your cardinals are in your big cities. New York has a cardinal. Chicago has a cardinal. L.A. typically has a cardinal, right? But San Diego never has. But then that's the other little thing going on is San Diego is kind of in the group, the province, uh, that's headed by Los Angeles, and we, that guy is still not made a cardinal. So, so it's kind of like you're making this. Um, so you know, Los Angeles is not. He's and, not. And San Francisco. And he was not made a not, cardinal. No. And this announcement came out shortly after Cordelion made his announcement. Yeah. But the other thing that someone pointed out was he made this announcement of who he was going to name cardinals on June first, right? Opening day of. Pride Month for, like we were just talking in the last segment, and almost every cardinal that he ha- is going to appoint is pro-sodomy, um, pro-LGBT, LMNOP. This poses a very, very um, 
I don't know that there's any way to talk about this in, a, in an easy fashion. Uh, there are leaders in the church that are openly promoting uh, positions that are contrary to the constant teaching of the Catholic Church with doctrine, uh, the German bishops with giving uh, communion to the divorced and remarried, the United States bishops giving communion to uh, uh, politicians that are in favor of abortion. Um, there's, there's a movement to bless homosexual marriages. Mm -hmm. um, has anyone seen this rumor? I he hesitate to go here, but it's, gonna, it's already out, where there's uh, the hierarchy who are thinking that the consecration of the Blessed Eucharist is purely symbolic, that it's just, have anybody see that coming yeah, up here in the last seven I days? I heard rumors of changing the consecration prayer, which, you know, form and matter to where it would be, this is Jesus' body, not this is my body. Yeah. Ooh. Which would be horribly problematic. Well, it would be invalid and illicit both, right? Yeah. Yep. Even if the if the words are not the same, that's the same issue we had with the baptism of priests that says we baptize you mm -hmm. in the name of the Father. So, or, or we baptize you in the name of the Creator and the Redeemer and yeah. the Advocate. I mean, you can't mess with the words. Right. I had not heard though. That well, time. I hesitate to bring it up, but when you understand the trajectory of what's going on here, it's always a nibble. It's always a nibble that 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 gets away, and then it. Then it gets bigger, and then it gets bigger, and then it seems like people acquiesce to it here. Well, and along with that, the other thing you have is, so there is this push, it seems, to advance in the church those who are, who are in favor of sodomy, um, same-sex behavior, etc. And, and at the same time, there is a squashing of anything traditional. We had that um, not only have priests been canceled, but we, now we've got a bishop in Puerto Rico who's been canceled. Bring that story up here. This is not new. This is a month old, isn't it? Yeah, this was from March. A bishop was canceled. He was just told, you are no longer bishop. It's, um, it's a diocese in Puerto Rico. And he just... What's he his just, name? His name is um, Bishop Daniel Torres. So we've heard of canceled priests because we've had Father Lovell on. Many people know Father Parker. So we've seen canceled priests, but now a bishop is canceled, and that I don't think that's going to fly. Do you know? Do you know why he was canceled? Have you well, heard the reasons? They won't tell him, and he's trying to get a meeting with Francis to ask why. He would not. He wouldn't. He was actually signing um, people's not getting the jab. He, was, he would sign their exemptions. Yes. I think he was letting people decide according to their conscience, right? If they right. wanted to get it, fine. If they didn't, fine. Yep. And that. And he wouldn't uh, crush the Latin Mass. Yeah. And then you, do you also know who visited him in the months before this happened? Let me guess. <laughs> no, I know it wasn't soupage, but who, who was it? Well, they had a disaster down there. So there was some aid that came from the Archdiocese of Chicago, and, and uh, Cardinal Soupage wanted to go down and just, just see how that aid was going. So. A little, no. a little secretive spying visit and uh, report back to the Vatican. And if this were television and you <laughs> could see Colleen's face right now. Because I was just joking. I never thought it would be super. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. He was there within 72 hours. Yeah. Within 72 hours. So 
He hasn't been informed as to why he's been, and he's requested a uh, meeting with Pope Francis, as is the norm in canon law. And he's been told he's right behind Cardinal Zen in the waiting room. He's been reaching out every week since March 8th. And here's the thing. He was just told verbally that he's out. You can't do that. He's got to have something in writing, and no one's putting it in writing. Great episode with the papal posse last Thursday night um, on the world over with Raymond Arroyo. He had Robert Royal and uh, Father Jerry Murray, who is a canon law guy. Great guy. And uh, they went on this subject for 10 or 12 minutes hmm. and uh, really had it down right here. Well, and the trick is there's due process in canon law, but you can just abuse the process and pull them out of ministry, and he they just abuse the process. He's, he won't be able to get back in. Well, that's what the thugs do. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, what's so disturbing is a bishop is in charge of his diocese. We are not a corporation where he's just a middle manager. The bishop has say in his diocese, and he has rights, and, and someone cannot just say you're out. Well, right. it's interesting you bring that up here, because during the clerical sexual abuse, that was the logic that was used that says this doesn't roll up to the Vatican because bishops are in charge of their diocese. So they used that measurement rather effectively, protecting assets of the Vatican as it did not roll across the uh, Tiber, shall we say. Mm-hmm. But now, they're, uh, they're, they're using the sword to cut the other way here. Well, what you're heading for is an underground church. I mean, that's, that's what's coming our way as a result of this. And, you know, the, you're not saying schism here. I'm saying schism. I think that that's on the way. I well, mean, if you change the words of consecration, what, what choice do we have, right? Right. You can't. I mean, you no longer have the Eucharist at that point. Right. And right. it's really sad and sorry that they keep driving. All right, so you know, you, you've, you've just walked into the darkness. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> folks, this was unscripted here. We've got a few minutes left. If, if that be the case, what is the advice that must be rendered now, since you've walked into the darkness, to faithful Catholics? Well, you know, it's something that I have been wrestling with because I'm a fan of the Latin Mass, and they've been coming after that um, really, really hard. And I... And well, they're, they're not just coming after the Latin Mass. They're coming after priests in the Novus Ordo. They're coming after a bishop in in Puerto Rico. We didn't talk about the guy in uh, in, in Paris France. or outside of Paris, southern south of, France. Southern France. Colleen will bring that up. Brad, but go right, back. And as as I've been weighing it in my conscience, what do I do? Because the Pope Francis Church, he walks up to that edge of crossing the line on what tradition teaches, and and he's never quite gone over the line. However, this, in my conscience, I'm looking at where do I go? And I think it would be underground probably with a canceled priest at this point because it, to me, from my, my perception, is the bad guys have the reins of power and they're not in, in line with tradition. And you can, you can find that information just by looking through you know, a short study. You can find all what tradition has taught, and tradition is not that easily undermined. On that point, we got a voicemail on the uh, voice box in the last 10 days. They're calling the radio station. They've, they've got a, uh, a family member that they are uh, bringing into the church. They've, they're on fire for Christ. They want to go 
through the uh, sacraments, they'd like to know, here's the poignant question, three times on the voicemail, where do we send them? Where can we take these converts to Catholicism? Where, what is a good parish where they're going to be fed and they're not going to get this um, non-doctrinal liturgy on a week-after-week basis here where where the uh, homilies are stand-up well, stand <laughs> comedy. I'm, I'm trying to, as gently as say, people, and, and uh, the next issue of The Bellowing Ox is going to have the first responses to the survey. Good. They're going to be brutal here. People mm-hmm. are fed up and they are tired of hearing Friday night comedy clubs at Sunday liturgies, and they're saying straight away that priests are not reverently treating the Blessed Eucharist with reverence. Hmm. Now, there's a lot of other items going over, but to the point of the voicemail of the, of the uh, listener saying, I've got somebody, we want to get them into the church, we want to get them into the ark, so that they're away from stormy waters, but Tom, can you help me choose a parish where after we've got a soul that's on fire isn't going to be extinguished here with an up with people kumbaya Saturday afternoon uh, hootenanny? You know what Miller and I say hootenanny. Miller and my answer is going to be find a Latin mass because that's where you're going to find. Well, I understand that. I understand that, but... There's got to be something more than just a, a Latin mass. I mean, that if that that's a pretty sad if, commentary. If, if if there's you would think one that, in a row. I mean, I, there, I'm sure there are parishes, but that is the. I mean, the Eucharist is a source in Selma, and and it's like Father Ripperger said. There's things you get, you get things from God when you ask for them. You don't ask for. There's a lot of prayers that are removed in the Novus Ordo. I get Order. that. I get that. I can tell you my own experience with the Latin Mass has been that's where I found the found the soldiers of Christ. And I'm, I'm not saying this. I, there were soldiers of Christ in the non-Latin Mass as well, but it wasn't the unity of faith that I see in the Latin Mass community. There Colleen, were, do you get what I'm driving at here? I do, and it's a good question. It's a good question. I remember years ago I was a sponsor for someone who was coming in, and we would leave our CIA, and I would say, what would you learn about what the Catholics believe? He said this, that, and the other. I'm like, well, all Christians believe that. What'd you learn about what Catholics believe? He, nothing, nothing. He and, ended up and the asking RCIA. Yeah, he ended up asking the instructor. So, what is? How is the Catholic Church different? Why? You know, it's it's a valid it's a valid question, Tom. Miller, what say you? Well, I mean, my my biggest thing is every every time you hear about this quote unquote good Novus Ordo or good Mass over here, and you want to send somebody there, most of the time, all they're doing that's making it a good Novus Ordo or whatever is taking bits and pieces and bringing it closer to what the Latin Mass is. How do you mean? Reverence for the Eucharist. I mean, if they turn and, and, and face the high altar, so they're out orientum, that's, I mean, if you're kneeling at the communion rail to receive, those are all things you can do in the Novus Ordo, and they're perfectly fine, but those are all just taking you one step closer to a Latin Mass. Um, you can also bring it in sacred music. I mean, we had the girls on here a few weeks ago, and we'll have them on again, and that's, that's, that's part and parcel of the Latin Mass. I mean, as far as Latin Mass choirs go, they're average. 
I saw about three hours ago on the YouTube channel Defeat Modernism. Do you know the mm -hmm. Defeat Modernism YouTube mm -hmm. channel? It just broke uh, this afternoon on June 6th, 2022, the year of our Lord, where there is a uh, uh, diocese instructing people not to genuflect before the tabernacle. Huh. Huh. And I just, I just caught it. I haven't been able to... Uh, to get her all going but uh but uh, okay but that's a good point i mean we can see uh, we get what they're getting at but how about how about instructing them in the truths of the catholic faith and you, you take them to a church and you explain what what was true and what wasn't true i mean we're all in the same boat yeah right let's talk more about the truths of the catholic church we've got to step out of the darkness now and into a break <laughs> you're listening to the chatter on kcrd We're back. You're listening to The Chatter, the podcast, the uh, recorded broadcast on uh, FM 98.3 and kcrd-fm.org and on the KCRD mobile app. And Colleen was saying we we got to teach them the truths of the Catholic Church. Brad Miller, you had some thoughts about the truths of the Catholic Church and a guy over in, uh, in the south of France who's doing a lot of truths. Yeah, the uh, Diocese of uh, Fréjus-Toulon, I think I pronounced that correctly, I don't know. Usually with French, usually with French, just kind of slur it, and good. <laughs> anyway, the bishop, uh, Dominique Ray, um, and it's considered one of the most dynamic dioceses because he he's kind of unleashed tradition to a point. He actually is allowing other priests to come into the diocese. He's pulling them in from other places and putting them in place, much like um, actually Bishop uh, Morlino did. Mm -hmm. much like the previous bishop in Rockford did, um, where he was bringing priests that were kind of left in other places. At any rate, he's bringing these priests in, and uh, other bishops in France, it sounds like, did not like that, complained to the Vatican, and the Vatican uh, just brutally informed that they were suspending the priestly and diaconate ordinations planned for the end of June, indefinitely. So, so you've just gone through eight years of college and eight year, four, years of, uh, four years of college, four years of seminary colleen and, and you're in the finish line and it's snatched no no ordination for you six deacons and four priests three weeks away how many there was a statistic is it in this article about the uh, numbers of ordinations this bishop has done over the years i mean it's been prolific their isn't priests it? are young i know that they have 250 active priests paris has only 500 right and then their priests 75 percent of them are under the age of 64 75 percent 30% under 44. One-third of their priests are under the age of 44. So where the where the church is growing, and I know in the last, I'm, I'm pushing back trying to say there's got to be some life here but the, in, in the church that isn't in the uh, Tridentine rite, but that's where it's growing. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's mm -hmm. what's being uh, suppressed by the the uh, custodi, tra traditiones custodies, the... <laughs> The, the guardians, the guardians, the guardians of tradition. Please be less of a guardian of tradition. Yes. Right? Guardians yes. of fifty years. <laughs> oh, and and Arroyo uh, talked about this again Thursday night here. It isn't as if we're breaking the news here. Arroyo, Royal, and um, Jerry Murray are uh, 
have already reached the same conclusion. I don't, I don't think there's much of a conclusion to reach. The, the numbers are astounding, yeah. just astounding. Mm-hmm. But Colleen, did you have more to talk? It looked like you were on a roll before we uh, cut you off on the break about teaching them what the real truths are. They're learning things that are more Christian truths, not Catholic truths. Right. So, you know, you could go and you hear the same thing, whether you're in a Catholic RCIA or a Lutheran RCIA or an Episcopalian RCIA. It was nothing special at all about the Catholic faith and why it's the one true faith. So your opinion, what's missing? Truth. Yeah. Come on, go deeper. Uh, The hard truth, the truth that it's the one true Catholic faith. It's the one church founded by Christ for the salvation of souls, and there's nothing to be ashamed about. And it's not a superiority stance. We want everybody to be Catholic. Right. And we just want to, it's it's a deposit of faith. It's nothing that we make up and we decide. We are handed that faith by Christ and the apostles. Do you think this was where Cordelione was going uh, when he um, reached out to Nancy Pelosi in the last months over <laughs> a year, and then he finally um, said, I can't do this anymore? Right. It's his job to let her know the truth as if she didn't know the truth, but let's give her the benefit of the doubt. And he tried to meet with her and, and you know, did talk with her. with her. Without to no avail. To no avail. And actually, she is the one that weaponized the Eucharist because she's the one that always makes a big deal out of my Catholic faith. My Catholic. She's the one that always brings it up. So it was, I mean, I'm glad he did it. Long overdue. I'm glad he did Not everybody's it. agreeing, though. Not everybody agrees. What's he got? Does he have 12? Uh, he's not at 20 bishops that are standing behind him out of... Eight, uh, 18, I believe. 18? Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. at 18, 18 bishops now that have had the um, the Episcopals to uh, stand behind him. <laughs> Is that and, what you kids are one, calling them these days? <laughs> and, and one against him, right? At out least. of how many? Well, we have. <laughs> At least one. How well, there's a bishop in the Midwest that has gone uh, viral nationally here. Is anybody following that? Isn't that amazing? National. Yeah. Which, of course, because a lot of this is electronic, that means international. And his and his stance is published in the Vatican News. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, factor that one in. And what is the stance? It is, you can receive Eucharist in a state of mortal sin as a healing or publicly, right, a public sinner. Yes, to repair that scandal through the healing of the Eucharist. So the, the, state, Eucharist. the statement says, better, comma, I think, comma, to put the Eucharist in the hands of such Catholics in hopes that one day soon they would put their hands to work on behalf of life in defense of all life. So there is a tradition in the Church of the Eucharist being healing but it's not for mortal sin right so you cannot be in a state of mortal sin all the doctors it's a 10 minute research the scripture this is this is going against inerrant scripture uh 1 corinthians eleven twenty-seven. 27 want me to read it to you here yep yeah go for uh, it this is saint paul for as often as you shall eat this bread and drink the chalice you shall shew the death of the lord until he come Therefore, whoever shall eat this bread or drink the chalice of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But let a man prove himself, so that would be like confession, prove himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the chalice. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the body of the Lord. So the sin is otherwise known as sacrilege. Sacrilege, yep. yep. Doing that here. Yep. So that... Scripture, First Corinthians. What are what are the numbers? Uh, uh, it's One Corinthians eleven twenty six through twenty nine, chapter eleven. That is in the 
readings of the uh, liturgy of the Tridentine Rite. I don't know which time or times it is. Right. But here's something interesting, Colleen. I think you're you're grinning here. I you know, know where, where I'm you're going with this. So, the uh, the rite of the Novus Ordo and the Roman Missal has a three-year cycle, and it's often touted that if you listen to, if you go to Mass every Sunday for three years, you hear the cycle because it's cycle A, B, C, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke. The weekdays, Monday through uh, Saturday, are on a, an, a, a one-two cycle. So they, so the Gospels on Sunday are on a three-year cycle. The weekdays are on a two-day cycle. So if you go for three years, it's said that you hear the entire Bible. Not true. <laughs> Not true. Nowhere, nowhere is that passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, read any longer in the in the lectionary of the Novus Ordo in the in the in the uh, Catholic rite and the Latin rite. And the rumor is it was removed to not offend Protestants. The the theology How's of humanism. How's that working? Exactly. It's causing sacrilege to offend our Lord. People don't know. I mean, you go into a at any standard parish and they're they're in, you know, short shorts and they're Receiving on the hand, they're treating it like a cracker, they're, you know, not worshiping. This gets back to our, the last segment, but it's lex orendi, lex credendi. Mm-hmm. When you see everyone, only the priest touching the host, you see everyone on their knees receiving, hmm, there might be something special going on in that. And so in the, in the wake now uh, of 40 years, 50 years of this lectionary, of, of this lack of teaching, now it is... Eighty percent of Catholics do not believe in the real presence of our blessed Lord, body and blood, soul and divinity, in the most holy sacrament. So purportedly, the source and the summit of our faith. Purportedly. And now we've got bishops pushing, this is material heresy. I mean, there's no other way to talk about it. And so say... uh, David Carey from the Associated Press on a June 30th, his, his uh, headline says, Poll details rift in the stance between lay Catholics and the bishops. Um, so that hit national, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got another on the following day, Colleen, uh, same guy, David, I, I said Carey, it's Crary, C-R-A-R-Y of the Associated Press. Headline, uh, more, more on the polls there. Um, Who's this Anthony Esselin? I love Anthony Esselin. You know he, him? Well, I mean, not personally. He's a he's a professor, writer. If you get the Magnificat, he always has a section in the middle called How the Church Changed the World. The daily The Magnificat missile, that you take to Mass. To mass mm-hmm. here? Okay. In the middle, How the Church Changed the World. He's a great writer. And he, he picked up this news coming out of the Archdiocese. Dateline Saturday, June 4th. Anthony Esselin, a false rebuke from Dubuque. You got to read it, folks. And I think the Catholic thing covered it, and I think the um, complicit clergy covered it, and got a so, lot of. Church Milton had a vortex on it. 
un- unbelievable here. So with as dark as it's all getting, maybe we could pivot to some something a little more optimistic from our first Friday talk. One, Friday before night. we pivot, though, I th- I, I want to go optimistic, but I Tom think likes the it's darkness. Im- no, no, I think it's I think it's important here because if you're listening to this, you're going to say, "I'm just going to do what my priest or what my bishop does." Is that a reasonable? Um, assumption is that forming your conscience and is that is that obedience that's that's what i'm going to say and what say you colleague i say depends on the priest and the bishop and i say furthermore we all can find out for ourselves what the church has always taught through all time so if you think hmm that doesn't sound right i didn't think you were supposed to receive communion if you were in mortal sin you can look it up and and if you find and if you find, oh, you eat and drink condemnation onto yourself, says Scripture, and says the 2,000-year history of the church teaching that you should not receive, then you don't receive. Okay. And, and, and if you take the bishop saying you can do it and you still do it anyway, it's still your fault. You cannot say, well, the bishop said so I could do it. So you don't have plausible deniability no. saying I was following what my bishop, what my pastor told me to do. Right. So if you're doing something that's in mortal sin, you have... You have no obligation to obedience to sin. Correct. What and say you, Mark? I'm just going to say that tradition is a hammer. This this stuff is clear cut, and I mean, it takes ten minutes of research, and you will find doctors, you will find councils, you will find canon law, you will find scripture that says this is not the teaching of the Catholic Church. All right, out of the darkness, it's your show, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so on Friday, we got treated to um, a saint, by, or sorry, a blessed by the name of Venerable Bartholomew Holzhauser. He was a, a German priest, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he, he had some visions of, I don't know if it was Our Lady or Our Lord, uh, but he basically inter- had some interpretations of the apocalypse uh, or revelation. And he did, he looks at the seven seals and the seven trumpets and says those are seven ages of the church. And uh, what he determined, they lay it out that we're basically in the fifth age of the church. And this fifth age is one of a minor chastisement. It's a time of tribulation. Um, uh, he says it's a state of trouble, desolation, humiliation, and poverty for the church. So which, which age is that? So this is the fifth age, which the contention is that we're in that age. It started with the Protestant Refer- revolt, and um, we don't really know when we get out of it. But signs look to be decent. But one of the things that um, I had to, a- as we're talking through, you know, bishops teaching heretical things, and uh, this is all predicted in this. And he says that there will be a time in the sixth age will be the age of Mary, an age of peace. And there will be a great monarch and a great pope that fixes all this. In fact, he said it, there will be the greatest ecumenical council there has ever been. It will clarify tons of things. But what he says, the great monarch will come when the Latin church is desolated, humiliated, and afflicted with many heresies. Oh. Okay, but that's a thing. I wonder when that's thing. going to start. <laughs> I know. This is the, not the <laughs> darkness anymore in case our listeners are confused. Because it's really hopeful. I mean, you might look around and go, oh my gosh, yeah, it is tribulation and trouble and desolation and humiliation and oh gee. So our speaker was named... Christopher Wendt. And uh, Brad the Lesser, uh, we've got this captured, correct? Yes. And it's posted where, when, It'll and why? It'll be on uh, Pioneer Catholics YouTube. How soon do you think? Well, Tonight? Tomorrow? 
Oh, okay. So yeah. by, oh, the, by time the time people are listening to this by the, the weekend, because yep. we're talking Monday, May 6th here, it'll be there, pioneercatholic.com. And the date was Friday, first Friday, Friday, June, June 3rd, 3rd. Right, look for that. Mm-hmm. But the reason it's so hopeful is, is, is there's an age six coming, right? Right. It's not like this is the end and... And it's something we lose sight of, that our Lord promised us that he would protect his church mm-hmm. until his coming again. So we can have faith in that. It will happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's really hard for us to discern, but hearing something like this, where it's hundreds of saints have had these... He referenced a book that talks about hundreds of saints that have referenced all the same thing. So God has given us indicators that gives us, to our rationality, a reason to accept what we're being told. The good news is, too, that it's the minor chastisement that we're living through. So apparently there's a minor and a major, and the major will be when the bad guy's here. Um, major, major. So uh, underneath is we got about a couple. We're not going to get quiz questions in here today, Colleen, Probably but uh, we're we're high level here. But it, it seems like the parable of the uh, ten virgins was it five wise virgins five mm-hmm. foolish. Well, the point here is is uh, I got to believe there's a lot of people out here who think they can be on cruise control and just do whatever is happening at uh, whatever. I mean. W- Whatever is being preached that is not doctrinal, because my priest said so. Should, should we have danger, danger warnings going on here that says you really need to form your conscience? You really need to know the doctrines, the tradition, and holy scripture. The catech- and the catechism is is great, but it's not infallible. But if if you're just on cruise control here, you could get sucked in. Well, what's the saying? A bad priest takes thousands of souls with them, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. and a bad lay person takes their own soul and other people around them. But a priest takes thousands with them. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to bring it back around to what we talked earlier about that consecration, to, uh, Saint Louis de Montfort's consecration to Our Lady, because if the next age is an age of Mary, let's do that consecration and beg God to so start that age as soon as possible. August what? August 15th is So what's backwards for anybody do the math on that? It's about July 13th-ish. July 13th. We can announce it next time. So after the 4th of July, we're going to uh, have to get these up on the air. Mm We've got to get them recorded here and get everyone listening consecrated to Mm -hmm. the Immaculate Mm -hmm. Heart of Mary here. And we can bring that Age of Peace to Dubuque. She doesn't have to wait on whatever the official plan is. If we get Mary going here, she she can protect us from it all. Yep. Wouldn't that be awesome if we could live to see the age of Mary? Hmm. Wouldn't that be hmm. awesome? I mean, we've seen enough of the desolation. Let's let's see some of that age of Mary. I believe well, so. All right. Well, we've uh, exhausted this this time here again, Colleen. We're out of it here. Let's say a prayer. What should all our intentions be for our our uh, clergy in the uh, diocese of Madison and Rockford and the archdiocese of Dubuque? All of the uh, the priests, the deacons, and and all of our bishops. What else should we pray for, Miller? I would say pray for all of our families. Bradley? For the age of Mary to begin in Dubuque. He just took mine. In the name of the Father, (laughs) and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, 
world without end. Amen. Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, pray, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're listening mm-hmm. to The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. We'll see you all next week. We love you.